Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Overly, Vikings Territory and Purple PTSD writer. That's Mark Craig, uh, NFL Insider, Vikings writer for the Star Tribune, startribune.com. Uh, Mark, uh, quite a weekend of football, and we'll we'll get to those uh, games in a little bit when we other segments. That was uh, it was uh, quite fun to watch the divisional round playoffs, wouldn't you say? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we were just think we're a field goal away from next week. We're previewing the uh, you know Packers at Lions, Joe. That would have been you'd have loved that one, right? So sad for you, Mark, that that didn't happen. Just so you could see my pain and anguish, I couldn't be happier. Well, I think you know Vikings fan. I, I can't recall, as I said, I, I think I said to you, I can't recall the Packers. You know, the Vikings. Obviously, everyone, everyone in the world knows. You know, the field goals that they missed. You know, that that's just jabbed him, stabbed him in the heart. Um, you know, this wasn't the, you know, missing last second or anything like that, but, um, you know, that guy missing that 41 yarder when, you know, they played, they went out there and, uh, even though the Packers lost, I think Vikings fans should be like, we're going to be dealing with these guys for a long time, uh, in addition to Detroit, uh, and they better find the people that can pick some players that compete with these guys. I'm hoping that, uh, since that's Anders Carlson, the brother of Daniel Carlson, the former Viking kicker that, did miss a, a field goal or several field goals against Green Bay and he got fired the next day. I'm hoping the Packers will fire him and the Vikings can pick him up. Yeah. Um, Correct that mistake from years ago, but that's beside the point. So you want you want a Vikings you want a Vikings kicker that missed one for the Packers? Uh, um yeah, the Vikings that's uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, because he we, he's already a guy after for us. We've had we've had uh, Packers kickers on this team before. So uh Mark, I think I'm going to change the name of this podcast to the Vikings Territory Kirk Cousins Breakdown Podcast because we're going to start with Kirk again. Uh, Kirk was uh, in the news this week. Uh, things are starting, well, I wouldn't say they're heating up, but uh, certainly on the uh, uh, blogosphere out there, uh, every little morsel about Kirk Cousins that comes out, everybody picks it up and runs with it. And uh, uh, we saw some some – you know, there was a lot of steam while Bill Belichick raced down to Atlanta to interview first for their job. And then and then there's someone asked uh, Kirk if he wants to go play for him. What would you think of that? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, Kirk's it's one of those questions like do you when someone asks, do you want to stay here? You know, do you as a you know, someone will, at a press conference will say, do you want to stay here? And it's like, oh, of course I want to stay here. Uh, of course I want to play for a guy who's won six, uh, six rings. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I, I question, I don't know. I mean, I guess Bill Belichick certainly would have wanted Kirk Cousins as opposed to what he's had, you know, the past three years. Although he did, he won 10 games with Mac Jones as a rookie and got into the playoffs. And after that, it was all over. Um, but, you know, I, I have to question whether Bill Belichick would want him at what it might cost him. But what I take out of that is, you know, we're not going to get uh, just, uh, hey, the Vikings are, you know, it's not just going to be all about the Vikings and their timetable. and what they're going to give Kirk. Uh, I think people know that Kirk with his kids and he likes stability. He likes uh, continuity with uh, the Vikings and everything, but he's not just going to sign whatever they, whatever they put in front of him. I don't think so. This was the first step I thought of maybe Kirk's kind of uh, two things. One, what's he going to say? And two, uh, sure. That would be a, you know, it's kind of his starting the posturing and everything. And, 
Atlanta does have a lot of uh, of skilled talent, and they got a, an underrated defense that I think Belichick could really turn around. Uh, sort of question Belichick's jumping on that one sort of first because of uh, they don't have they certainly don't have a, a good quarterback situation right now. I don't think um, so. They got the eighth. I think they got the eighth pick in the draft. They got some. Yeah, they can get one. So there's the ability. And, uh, you know, Kirk is going to – there's, there's going to be a, a lot of people kicking the tires on Kirk. So we'll see what happens. Do you, how, you know, if you were a, a team that was looking to build for the future, I, I don't know that I would want to uh, uh, have Belichick be my coach because isn't he's at the tail end of his career and he's he's probably looking to – to surpass the all-time coaching victories of Don Shula and, and then probably right off into the sunset. And um, I, I would see it only as a one, maybe two year deal at best that, that you're going to get out of him. Well, I, I don't, I don't think it'd be one or two years. I think he's, you know, he identifies that as like I just said, you know, they got, they got a great tight end. They got a great running back. They got, um, I think their offensive line is good. Their defense is underrated. And I think Belichick would bring them to a higher level. That is, um, I'm not saying they're they're not ready made because they, they need the quarterback. Right, right. But it's more like when Tom Brady left, it was like, uh, you know, and, and Tom Brady made every difference in the world for for Tampa when he left and went there. But he didn't go to some team that was just you know, right, in, in a tear down mode. He went down. They needed one thing, and that was a quarterback who didn't throw it to the other team like like Jameis Winston did every other throw. Uh, so Belichick, I, I, I thought maybe the Chargers would be that team, but mm-hmm. he obviously, uh, by not, I don't think, believe that he's interviewed out there. He's he's seeing that the the Falcons as a team that can win now, as opposed to, you know, I think maybe the Chargers need more around uh, Justin Herbert. You know, he hasn't gone anywhere else since that interview, has he? Has he uh, been interviewed by any other team? Any I'm other? Not, I've heard no. I'm, I think you know. I don't know that Belichick is gonna, you know. And we can say what we want about Belichick the last three years or whatever. The guy did not become an idiot. You know, he's still a good coach. And I think he's doing as much. He's probably doing as much interviewing as of them as he is them of him. I mean, what, what, what could you, what, what more would he have to say? You know, maybe wear the rings in, I guess. And, (laughs) you know, just, I I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel he's done. I don't, he's not your typical 71 year old. Although it's kind of, I do remember talking to him. This was maybe probably back in Cleveland one time, and uh, Marv Levy was still coaching, and I think Marv was seventy-one, and Belichick, who's kind of a, you know, has sort of a snotty, you know, personality. I don't know if you ever snotty. He sort of, he sort of sniveled and said, "Well, I'm not going to be coaching when uh, when I'm Marv Levy's age." And here, right, here right. Is Marv, Marv Levy's age now. So I've searched <laughs> for that quote to see if that was something he just said you know, off to the side or if that was, he was ever quoted saying that, but, um, I, you know, if, if I was doing a tear down, you know, it, and you needed it to build someone to build it up in over five years, I don't think that that's even needed in the NFL anymore. If you're close enough, you can be right back. Right. Uh, we could be sitting here next year. The Vikings could, we could be talking about the Vikings going to the NFC championship game. It, it can happen. It's, not till they get past those other two, uh, other three teams in their own division. Not, nah, nah, they got a ways to go. Uh, back to Kirk a little bit. Yeah, it, it's funny. Yeah, you you put it as posturing a little bit, and Kirk's got to play that game right. He's got to get out there and at least throw that, uh, sow that seed a little bit that he could go somewhere else because he's he's been pretty frontal saying that he likes it here. He'd like to come back. I think he likes 
the coaching staff. Uh, uh, he likes the players in the locker room. But, you know, I guess if he wants to get as much money as he thinks he was worth, he better throw it out there that, uh, oh, yeah, you know, there's some other teams looking at me out here. I'm, I, uh, I'm not just going to come in for a, for a morsel. Right. And, you know, the Vikings know that. And, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that would like, you know, that feel that they're close enough that they could, you know, take him on and that would work. Um, you know, if I'm Belichick or if I'm another team that's looking at him, you know, I don't do it unless I have an offensive line that's as good as the Lions or close. Um, you know, I, he's he's just not a guy that's going to carry a bad offensive line. Yeah. An offensive line that has holes and everything. That's just not who he is. That's not who Jared Goff is. Jared Goff is Jared Goff because of those five guys in front of him. Totally agree. And, and they started to wobble a little bit when uh, when Glasgow, uh, Glasgow went down the left guard. Uh, you know, I think he got sacked a couple times there where, you know, that was Kirk Cousins getting sacked. I mean, that was a guy that couldn't get out of the way. And, you know, you need an offensive line uh, for Kirk. And, you know, do the Vikings have it? You know, they, they might have the le- – they got the left tackle. They might have the, you know, right tackles pretty darn good. He didn't play as well as he should have last year. Inside, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they can can be that guy, that line. But that's, you know, I don't take on Kirk Cousins and, and somewhere else and bring him in and unless I got a great offensive line. In the past couple of weeks, I've really – kind of you know talking with you and just looking around I've, I've turned the corner a little bit and turned around a little bit on Kirk Cousins I mean I have to season I wanted him for two years bring in the the, the new guy get him up to speed use the uh, Green Bay Packers method and then and then go with the quarterback of the future but uh, you know I, I part of me would like when I see the uh, Lions and Packers in the playoffs I'd like to sign Kirk you know, for whatever contract that he wants and maybe that we could sell about absolutely no trade. Don't put a no trade clause in there and then trade him for a, a few picks to uh, trade him to Washington to get the third overall pick and get the quarterback of your choice. You well, know, I mean, uh, Kirk's not that dumb. Uh, I know he's not. <laughs> Kirk's not going to, you know, fall for that one, I'm afraid. Um well, then I wouldn't sign him. Then I wouldn't yeah. sign him. If, well, well, if here's, he's going to take, take away all the uh, – cards that the Vikings have to play that I say, okay, see ya. But here, here's, here's where the Kirk Cousins debate is. It's one, it's almost 100% financial. If he walks, he's 28 and a half million dollars on your cap anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and if, and I just read Ben had, did some financials about the different free agents and everything. Ben coming Gessling up. From the start. Yeah, ben Gessling uh, wrote in the today's paper about it. I wasn't aware of this, but if they, um, if they if they sign him, uh, like only ten million dollars of that dead cap cap money counts. So I thought that it kind of the dead cap all of it went away, and then you're dealing with whatever you sign him for. Mm. Either way, if you extend him a couple years, like two years, you're going to bring his cap number down. And so you you know two things: one, if you don't have Kirk, you have twenty eight and a half million dollars that that he's sucking out of your the air out of your, your team anyways. Yeah. So ideally I think what you would like to do is sign him for something that's again, you're, you're probably kicking it down the road, but you have to kind of find, eventually they're going to have to get out of this contract. And right now <clears throat> might not be the time to do that because of where the Packers are, because of where the lions are. Uh, so you would extend him, 
you get that cap number down lower than 28 and a half. So you have Kirk, but in doing that, I feel like it's mandatory that you draft a quarterback to replace him. Cause at some point you're going to be sitting here talking about, you know, he's going to count at some point, he's going to count a bazillion dollars on your cap and he's not going to be on your team. Just like Aaron Rodgers this year was $40 million against the Packers cap. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen with Kirk, but it, it, it's a lot. It's easier to absorb whenever you have just uh, Jordan Love making only $10 million against your cap or 12 or whatever it is, maybe not even that much. Or if you had a rookie, if you had a, you know, a Purdy or something in a system that, that you know, he's not even making a million dollars a year. Right. So, you know, find that guy, identify that guy, get that guy, and then try to win with Kirk. And then when, you, when Kirk has to leave, you've got a plan. Right now, there's no plan, and they need a plan. Yeah, I, I mean, part of me, you know, you 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 make that a point. It, it'd be hard to let him go, and have to take the hit for 28 million. But maybe that's now is the time because you're probably not going to surpass both the Packers and the Lions next year, and maybe even the Bears. So why not do this mini reset? We won't call it a rebuild. We won't call it a competitive rebuild. But reset with that new quarterback. Go after, let Kirk go, eat his contract now, so it doesn't hurt you down the road further, and you know somehow mollify uh, uh, all uh, uh, Justin Jefferson with with a bunch of money, so he doesn't get crabby about losing Kirk. Go get that guy and start this mini turnaround now. I mean, all of a sudden, it's that sounds a little bit more palatable to me because. I don't know that even in this division, you know, with Kirk, they're going to they're maybe even win the division with, you know, in the next two years. I'd say maybe it's time to bite the bullet, you know, uh, uh, with this team and and just cut, cut the line and you cut bait and go uh, get somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one way. To, that's certainly another way to go. That's the way that the, that the Bears went, you know, whenever they came in and got a new regime. Um but you were sitting here not too long ago, not too many weeks yes. ago, saying if Kirk Cousins is there, you win three or four more games. And I still maintain that. And you eliminate – the Packers wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Correct. I, I am so much about – and we've seen it happen this year. And I wish there was a way you could make people remember that, that are – and I'm not saying you, you but uh, that, you know, just – if you can just get into the playoffs as a seven seed, you know, I don't look at what happened to the Packers as a failure. What happened? The Packers got into the playoffs with you know first year starting quarterback that they planned for. Uh, then they won a game. They, they they they, I mean that Cowboys game for me. If I if I was a Packers fan or if I'm a Vikings fan and and the Vikings went and did that to the Cowboys, that would sustain me a, a quite a long time. Absolutely. And then and another thing that they did, just like when the Vikings went to uh, New Orleans and upset the the Saints in 2019. Then they went out to San Francisco, just like the Packers had to do after a big emotional win. The Vikings had no gas left. The Vikings got humiliated in San Francisco. They got beat up. They got, you know, a physical team just knocked the crap out of them. Packers went out there, and even though they lost, you know, the Packers were were as good a team as they were. And, you know, the difference to me was McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel going out didn't help the 49ers, but Packers were in a good spot. So, what my, my thing is just, Find a way to get to that seventh seed, get into the playoffs, and, and you can you can make an upset. You can do some things. Um, if you don't do, if you go your way with Kirk, what you got to do then is if you want to if you want to try to compete at all, 
is you got to go get a, uh, a Ryan Tannehill or, or somebody who's going to be who you think might be, you know, like Baker Mayfield catching you know, lightning in a bottle for one year at four yep. million dollars. You know, if I could if I could find a, like a, a someone who could do what Baker Mayfield did, even though the season didn't end well for him and do that for four million dollars and, and absorb Kirk's 28. You know, then, then uh, that maybe that's you got to do something at quarterback. That's yes, uh, yeah, and I agree with that. Although I, what I'm looking for is what they need is draft capital, and they don't have it. I mean, that's how uh, the Packers rebuilt. That's how uh, uh, the Lions certainly did, and that's how the Bears are in the process of it. <clears throat> that's how they're passing them by. So, I mean, if if they did let Kirk go, would they get maybe a compensatory second rounder maybe if he's you know signs as a free agent with somebody else out just speculating which wouldn't be bad and uh they need to they need to get you know maybe it's they it's not something they can do just yet to just uh cut bait and go because they don't have the draft capital i i don't know um i i'm more and more concerned about how I think you're right when you say they don't have a plan because they 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 went and got Hawkinson and threw away draft capital. They traded up in the first draft and and threw away draft capital on those <clears throat> picks. So I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a little concerned about being able to do it, but you know it, it's tantalizing to look at these other teams and see how they've done it and then not want to go do it yourself because the Vikings right now today are not in a position to to best anybody in the NFC. Uh, North on paper, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but they, they don't. They can't follow any of the any of the. Well, the one that they could maybe follow would be what the Packers did. What the Packers have did the last two times, um, <clears throat> grab the guy and work with him, and and you know that that's just so old school that nobody else does it. <laughs> nobody in the league does it except them. Um, but you know the, the Bears got their number one pick with uh, or they got a first round pick by trading up. Now they have the number one overall. Are they going to do a quarterback? Probably. I don't think people can resist the urge anymore. Uh, you know, Justin Fields is—is is he? Can he a guy who could could make it in the league? Maybe, but I don't think they're they're going to look at the hey, we got the number one overall pick. They're going to take a quarterback. So Justin Fields goes somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I don't know it, yeah. what, the, what the answer is. And then uh, you know, and then obviously what the Lions did was. Um, they were, you know, at the time it was perceived that they were on the wrong end of the blockbuster trade and, you know, given the Rams their Super Bowl win. Whereas to me, it was like, that was a, I mean, it was a good, that was a really good trade for both sides. I thought even at the time, actually at the time, I thought it was more, uh, I would have favored what the Lions did as opposed to what the Rams did. Uh, but the Lions got all those picks and then they got, you know, oh, by the way, yep. here, here's, here's a, here's a former number one overall guy. Exactly. You know, but what, why, how they made that work, you know, is having the best line in, in football. And, and, you know, if you did that with, um, you know, just a, a run-of-the-mill team, we'd be laughing at Jared Goff now and go, ah, you know, Jared Goff can't do anything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I thought that that it. I was just, you know, chatting with somebody about that last night. That trade is what really worked out for both teams. I mean, they got a Super Bowl for Matt Stafford and, and the Rams out out in L.A., and look at what the Lions have done, but they've done so many other things. They 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 uh, traded uh, with the Vikings in their first draft for for with Quasey. They've uh, or they traded up, and uh, they also did, they also kind of in a way 
school them with uh, Hawkinson trade, even though that hat bat worked out good for the Vikings. Vikings, it cost them a lot. I mean, they don't even have a second rounder this year as a result. And uh, so um, I guess where was I going with this? Uh, uh, I, I agree with you. I, 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 I was going to say, I think that the, uh, I can't think of his name, but uh, the, the, the Lions GM has got to have to be one of the executive of the year candidates because what he's done over there is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, Brad Holmes is, is Brad Holmes. Yeah. He's, he's outstanding. And, you know, you mentioned how they gave up draft capital and they need draft capital. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, fire Quasi or anything, but, you know, the, they have blown the capital that they've had in, mm-hmm. in alarming in an alarming way. Yes. I mean, it, you know, when you look at what Detroit's, you know, you know, what these teams, and I wrote about it in Saturday's paper, just what all the teams that are left <clears throat> and the guys that are playing for them that were picked between 12 and 32, it's, you know, uh, Baltimore got an all pro safety, you know, which is a position the Vikings picked. Uh, the, and they got a, a Pro Bowl center on the on, who's you know on the number one run running team in the league. Uh, Kansas City was drafted thirtieth. They stayed where they're at. Uh, well, then they they also um, I don't know how they they got they got Trent McDuffie in the twenties, who's yeah. a, who's an All Pro cornerback this year. They got Karloftis, who's there at thirty, uh, who's an edge rusher who has like nineteen sacks in two years and and did a great job in the in the wild card game and played well. Um, so, you know, not only, you know, okay, well, you give up, uh, this to get Hawkinson. I look at it and say, at least they got Hawkinson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at when, when they're on the clock and they take Lewis seen and they take Brian Asamoah and they take Andrew Booth, man. I mean, those are, those guys should be now second and, you know, second year, you know, second year starters. Yeah. Everything happens quickly in this league. That they should be significant people on your team. That's keeping. Instead, it's like there's just holes everywhere, and it's. Do you, know, you Mark? Do you think that Quasi, who came in here with with the uh, the uh, reputation of being an analytics guy, do you think he's too too consumed with the numbers? You know, and the analytics numbers when when it comes to this, and not enough to the old school. Get some eyeballs on the guy and see what he can do. I, I'm not saying he is, but it, it, you know, you wonder. I always consider analytics a, a great tool, but it's complement. I mean, it's supplementary. It helps you. It 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 uh, helps you make your decision, but it shouldn't be the the uh, overall riding decision maker when when you're choosing a player. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone does analytics, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, you know, everyone has done that you know, to some degree. Uh, I would imagine he doesn't have that other other tool in his box uh, but he what he has is you know relying on you know his coaches his, his scouts and stuff and whatever it is it's not it's not happening well enough uh and it's if you miss a you miss on a couple more of these drafts um i mean the urgency to, to get this draft right and and i would consider it right if you've got a quarterback that you're that you feel that you can um 100% feel like that they o'connell feels that this is my guy when Kirk's done and I'm going to work him toward that. Um, I would consider that successful too, because that's got, that's going to be a guy who's probably not going to help you right away. Um, you know, but just, just looking at how consistently they've missed on draft picks, um, you know, and, and the Jordan Addison is, is, it was a, is a really good pick, really good pick, but there's just so many that are like, man, just if you had just stayed where you were and, and just, 
taken a guy, um, any one of those guys <laughs> that we talk about over and over and over again, yeah. where you'd be. Um, you know, Penny, now, Sewell, Penny Sewell was taken before the Vikings got to pick, wasn't he? That the right tackle for yeah, he was he was a high draft. He yeah. was up there. I mean, okay. Um, you know those, but you know, and the, but Detroit, you know, those are not throwaway picks either. Because Detroit, when Matt Millen was picking, he would always have a top ten pick, and he and there was a stretch there where he had like three receivers where, right. you know, uh, that fizzled <clears throat> out and were busts, and he just kept picking receivers. I think he did, finally did get uh, Calvin Johnson, I believe he picked. Yeah, so yeah. you know, you just can't miss on, especially whenever you're you don't have. Uh, a quarterback who's on his rookie deal. You know, you've got to be able to, to not only, you know, those draft picks, but when you, when you have a little bit of cash and to go out and get someone, you can't, you can't go and get Marcus Davenport. It's just. Yeah. Uh, if, if they, if they went and uh, said, okay, see you to Kirk Cousins. Uh, do you think that would upset their two uh, top receivers, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Jordan Addison, they might not be too happy about breaking in a rookie. Would they? I don't know. Maybe jazz. Well, it depends on what it would be. I mean, I, you know, you know, I don't know enough about where they're going to be in the draft. If if they if if Kirk moved on and they picked a guy and they traded up or whatever, however they they got one of the top guys, um, you know, maybe that's a little more palatable than, uh, hey, we're uh, we're gonna, we're going to take Kirk Cousins' twenty eight twenty nine million dollar hit. Nick Mullins is going to get us through until we figure something out. <laughs> Then, then you got a problem. Yeah, then you got a problem. Um, well, we got a problem now. We're so far over that they think the Vikings are on the clock for their next draft pick. So uh, let's take a quick break here, let Mark uh, catch his breath, and uh, we'll be back with the Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, um, last week we did a, a – a, a, uh, posi- uh, you know, we've looked at one position on the Vikings uh, roster of need, and and we looked at the offensive line and kind of postulated what they might be doing this year. Uh, you and I both wanted to go across the line and look at the defensive line this week and see where they're at because uh, as good as a season maybe that uh, uh, Phillips had, Harrison Phillips had in the middle, it uh, you know, uh, and Hunter had on the edge, you know, even though he's a He's a he's an edge rusher and not the defensive lineman. There's going to be some changes along the line for next year, and and uh, so I thought we'd uh, let you kind of break it down and take a look at it and see what you think what the Vikings might do because there's plenty of people that are saying if the Vikings do hang on to their quarterback and the, a quarterback in the future is not there that they might they've been mocking them as taking a uh, a defensive lineman. So what are your thoughts on that whole? seen there well my thoughts in general of what this team lacks is this team lacks power i mean it's the i guess i'm showing uh, you know my gray hairs here but you know it's not it's not about always you know picking the right trick play in the red zone and then you know is justin jefferson going to throw his, his red zone trick play pass to the right or to the left or whatever it's it's just lining up and, and being like stronger and more physical than the people that are in front of you and Baltimore is every bit of that. San Francisco is every bit of that. That's your two number one seeds. Detroit is famously that now. Yeah, uh, we all laughed at their guy, or a lot of people did. I I enjoyed his way he came into this league uh, as a coach. Um, you know, and um, 
You must be Kansas, a writer. Kansas City, you know, is not that physical type of team. Uh, I would say on the same level as the other three, but that deep, this is the best defense that Andy Reid has had. So in a way that, you know, they, and they do have the, you know, the, the Chris Jones up front and Carl Optus that we mentioned. So to me, it's about, <clears throat> it's about finding guys and they don't all have to be the most expensive free agent in the world. They don't all have to be a top 10 pick. <clears throat> it's just gotta be guys that you can, you know, you know, identify as that those types of players uh harrison phillips did you know played well he played they asked him to play a lot of snaps probably more than you would typically ask harrison phillips if you had something else yep dean lowry was a was a bust I, you know i love dean he's a nice guy and everything but you know he i don't think he had a before he was hurt even had a quarterback hurry or a hit just was invisible <clears throat> jonathan bullard who's I believe his contract is up. He's one of the free agents. Um, if you can get him for the rookie or the, the veteran minimum again, maybe you, you bring him back because you can't replace everybody. But Harrison Phillips is a guy that's going to be six and a half million dollars on your cap. Do you restructure? You ask him to restructure in a in a way of saying, yeah, we don't want to be paying you that much, but it's hard to do that because the guy did have his best year. Yeah. Um, but it, it just in, in Tonga, their their nose tackle is a guy, just a guy. They have a lot of backups, and and to me, it's like it's time to find guys that, you know. Uh, and granted, Ken, uh, Kenny Clark is a star player. Um, Vita Vea is a star player. Those are number one picks, but someone like that who's just a big guy in the front that won't be moved, you know. Uh, and they're hard to find, but I'm saying, I don't know where they come from. But to me, until they get their strength on the interior of the offensive line and their strength up front on defense. All this other stuff is just um, it's window dressing. It, you know, the core of the problem is needing power, power at the line of scrimmage. What did you think of DJ Wanham? He had a pretty good season until he went down with that quad tear. Um, and do you think he'll be he's a free agent? So the Vikings kind of need to get him back in here, don't they? Well, you know, it depends on what, how other teams view him, because before he got hurt, he was one of those guys in his late, you know, 28, uh, 27, 28, who had, you know, eight, 10 sacks in, in that range where those guys get paid a lot of money. Uh, I felt like he was unaffordable for them because of all the things they've got to do financially. But, you know, unfortunately for him, this, you know, quad tear at toward the end of the season is probably going to scare a lot of teams away. So he becomes affordable. The Vikings know better than anyone else, whether he's going to come back or not. So, it seems like that would be the best option would be him for him to come back here, the team to get him on some sort of incentive laden deal. But yeah, I, I thought he played very well. Uh, and, and I, I loved how he stepped up. You know, the, you know, the big name free agent came in, played hundred snaps and was done. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought I liked how Pat Jones played too, but he's a backup. Um, and Daniel is Daniel. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that you're going to be able to afford Daniel, but, I sure would make a run at him. Um, uh, a quad tear. I know you're not a doctor, but you play one on this podcast. Is is that, you know, we know how you, people come back from their um, uh, ACL tears, and, and we're going to see how people come back from their Achilles injuries. Where's this one? I've never heard of this one much. I mean, is this something that you can come back from like you were before, or is this? Uh, yeah, I, I think pretty much all of these, except whenever you, you, when you hear someone, tearing their patella 
that mm-hmm. seems to be at this point the one injury like whoa you know that, they don't come back from that one and that that's a bigger than an ACL I guess but um, I would think so with the way that the way that they put these guys back together now and the speed with which they can do um, you know I don't believe for a second Aaron Rodgers was ever telling the truth about him maybe coming back this year I think that was just a bunch of crap that he likes to hear himself talk I think um, but you know I think Kirk could be ready you know with his Achilles. He got yeah, the stem cell. He got the stem cell uh, treatments on his Achilles. Yeah, didn't Tiger do that one time too? And yes, I think so. Yeah. Uh, but one, the one thing we do know about Kirk Cousins, you know, when you Netflix helped bring it home, and and some of us who know him knew this already, but like him or love him, love him or hate him, uh, Kirk Cousins is going to give you every ounce of what he has, and he's going and he's going to throw every ounce into getting back to where he was. Uh, so that's that. That's one thing. At least you're, it's comforting to say, okay, if we are going to give him more money, we're going to go farther down the road with him. Um, Kirk's going to give you everything he can to to get back to where he was. Yeah, um, you know, you you talked about uh, Daniil Hunter. Uh, <clears throat> say they got to make a run at him, but you know, if I was to read his between his the lines and his quotes in the offseason, you know, he said he he likes it here. Uh, but he also kind of inkled that he's going to look around. Um, w- someone's going to throw a boatload of money at him, aren't they? Well, yeah, he's, you know, ever since he signed that deal that uh, in 2018, that basically became outdated as soon as he signed it. Um, he's wanted, you know, to be the top guy and be one of the top guys and, and go out and do that. And it's just never worked out, you know, either being injured. And then last year it was a, took a hold in to get him $20 million. And so now he's out there. He's, he's free to, to go wherever he wants. Um, if you're a team, I mean, he, if, if I'm him and I'm heading toward 30, you know, uh, I, I'd be looking at, you know, who's going to win now. If, if you, if you, you know, want to, if you want to be on this big stage and be in the Super Bowl and all that, I know oh, San Francisco, I don't know if they're going to sign uh, Chase Young. It was, they got Chase Young. They might just let Chase Young go and, get a compensatory pick for him, but those types of teams, you know, Baltimore's and, um, you know, Hey, hey maybe even the, she goes to Detroit. I, I don't know, you know, but he's looking somewhere probably to, to be a winner now. And you know, I don't know. And you can't, you can't deny that uh, him being gone would free up some cap space, but uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'd hate to see him gone. gone. Uh, then you need an, you need a guy who can, we can get that many sacks for you and uh, disrupt disrupt people like Jared Goff and and Jordan Love, but uh, well, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, speaking of all these injuries, uh, the Vikings kind of surprisingly let go of uh, Uriah Myrie, or if that's how you say his name, the head athletic trainer who just came in two years ago with this new regime to replace the longtime certified athletic trainer Eric Sugarman. Um, was that a surprise to you? What, what, what are your thoughts on, on that happening? And, and, uh, uh, because I, I know that, uh, they, they touted him on the way in that he was, he was their guy. Well, they touted him and Tyler Williams over and over and over again to the point where we joked, it was like the, it was just one name for both of Tyler and Uriah, Tyler and Uriah, <laughs> like, a, like a country band or something. Uh, it, it, that's just heard over and over and when they went to London and, and figured out the, the Rubik's cube of London and came and came back and, and beat one at London and one 
it was always Tyler and Uriah, Tyler and Uriah. So yeah, it, it did surprise me that they that they moved on, but I believe that they said it was and it, it wasn't related to the number of injuries. I, I don't know uh, what else it could be. You know, they they might want. I don't think maybe they were happy with some of the injuries that they had. Um, maybe it was a, a certain wide receiver who didn't get back on the field. Or, or... Uh, yeah, I would. It, it, whenever a guy who's a unanimous first team. Uh, all pro and uh, offensive player of the year and and was like one slip and slide uh, afternoon in Green Bay from being an MVP candidate. Um, whenever he misses seven games, that might have something to do with it. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, Tyler Williams is a guy that uh, I don't know what his fancy title is, but he's more of a performance. He was kind of above the, um, the traditional uh, head athletic trainer. So he's going to be either taking on more of that traditional role or they'll have someone else in there. Uh, but yeah, it did surprise me. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know they're they're going to have to replace him, right? You know, uh, or because do they just move up Tyler and then he they get an assistant under him or something? Well, or? I mean, Tyler, Tyler was kind of a he was above, you know. I guess. Oh, okay. Well, so this they came in with a new new like system of of how they handled the performance side of the of the deal and it. 2000, it sure looked a lot better, uh, and they were able to, to blow the trumpet a lot harder in 2022 than 2023 when it came to injuries and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he could you know, – Tyler could take on more of that traditional role and, and they get him assistance, or they could hire another guy. Well, okay, then with that, I, we, we better take another break because I don't want Mark having to go and, you know, be on the IR because he's been – I've been – Asking him too many questions for too long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I, 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 I got a quad surgery coming up here in a half hour, so if you want to speed it along, don't say it, man. You just went through the back. You got your. No, back. no, I'm, I'm performing it. I'm performing the. Quad oh, surgery. okay. That's you know, we we need to get a uh, camera in on that to see how <laughs> that's going. Well, so we'll take another quick break, and we'll be right back with some more talk about the NFL, what went on yesterday and all weekend, and. Uh, We'll chat about that. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, we watched four games. It was kind of fun this weekend to watch those games. There was, there was two really good ones yesterday and a great one on Saturday that I enjoyed. I can't – let's see. Oh, yeah. And then the one that was good for a half, and then the, <clears throat> the Ravens walloped the Texans. Uh they uh, really took it to him in the second half. I think it was ten to ten at half, and then and then all of a sudden they turned it up a notch. And and uh, uh, Lamar Jackson showed why he may be uh, the MVP. Mark, did you vote for him for MVP? Can I ask you that? Uh, well, I, I can tell you, but I, I have to kill you. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. If they want to try, you know, because they're like, well, you know, don't tell people because then you might. They're afraid that people are going around adding up all of our. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, they are doing I mean, that with they are doing that with Joe Maurer in the first ballot Hall of Fame. I saw that, yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, and then the postseason is not included, but I mean that was Lamar Jackson in a nutshell. I mean that game was was close, and I give you know um, I give Houston and and D'Amico Ryan's and, and C.J. Stroud you know a ton of credit for what they've done this year and and hanging with Baltimore in Baltimore for for a half or whatever. A little bit yeah. more than that. But then it was Lamar Jackson, you know, running for two touchdowns, throwing for two touchdowns, uh, 121 something passer rating, uh, 
boy, he's just, you know, remember, you know, when Randall Cunningham came on the scene as a, you know, when we were in our younger days, and just looking at like, wow, you know, even though there was Fran Tarkin before him, it was just like, wow, I, you just can't, you don't see anything like that. And now, even though you see it with a, with a Josh Allen and, and, and Mahomes, the way he moves around, it's like Lamar Jackson's just another, he just takes it to a higher level, whatever he's completely on. And wow, he was, uh, he was impressive. You know, he kind of reminds me of RG three before he got injured because he was, he, he would sit there and, you know, sit back and look and he goes, oh, I'm going and he's moving around people. And he's, you know, he doesn't look like he's scrambling as much as he's just so quick. He's just moving through people because he knows how he can get through these guys. You know, yeah, it's, not- it's one of the things that I, the biggest question marks I have about how analytics works. And they say, well, fourth and one at, at midfield or fourth and one uh, analytics. First of all, analytics always say go for it, right? I, <laughs> I've, never heard me. Of, I've never heard an announcer say, well, analytics <laughs> says that they should punt the ball in defense. They've never said that. I've, but, you know, whenever I, I'll talk to people about this, and, and, I, and I do see the value in analytics in, in some degree, but whenever, you know, first of all, the sample size seems too small to me. And secondly, the personnel seems too different to me. Like if, if you're saying, okay, should we go for it on fourth and one from our own 40 uh, and throw in a bunch of other scenarios and say, I'm, I'm going to say, well, who's my quarterback? If yes. my quarterback is Josh Allen or my quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. I go, well, I'll say, I'll say fourth and two, yeah. you know, uh, where it's not just a tush push. Although the, the Bucks did stop them. Uh, yes, they did. Um or my quarterback, you know, offensive Kirk, but it's, or my quarterback is Kirk Cousins or Nick Mullins, or then I, it, it changes my my thinking. So yeah, uh, and and you know, it's the quarterback position is it's in such a good spot. Even though you even though you Brady finally left and Drew Brees left a couple years ago, and uh, some of the you know standards that we've just seen for so many years, uh, I don't think the quarterback position's ever been in a better spot with just some of these guys that they have now. Uh, you know, with a- Allen last night, he was showing what a weapon he was again. It seemed like in the middle of the season he stopped being Josh Allen, but last night he really looked like Josh Allen. He was, yeah. he was phenomenal. Until, and but just, like the Pack- just like the Packers, you know, um, this guy, he put him in a position to win, and then the kicker comes on and misses a 40-some yard field goal. And it's that's, like- that's a shame. And, and and when you look, talk, you talk about that game, and uh, and I've, me and a, a bunch of other people have have written the word vulnerable for the for the Chiefs all season long. Oh, the Chiefs have never looked more vulnerable. This is like, how would you like to be uh, following a team where this is your bad year? This is your season where you're like, oh, I don't know if they can do it. You know, the offense looks like crap sometimes, and they're just kind of piecing things together. And, they're getting beat a lot, and, and they're not at home hosting these playoff games. And here they are, still at the at the AFC Championship game. I mean, this is a bad year for for Kansas City, and they're still, you know, playing for the Super Bowl. Six in a row. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mahomes has never not played in the AFC title game in his career. He's all six years he's been in that game. What the heck? Quarterback doesn't have anything to do with this position. Um, how about that sequence in that game? We jumped ahead there a little bit. Where Buffalo goes for the fake punt, gets stopped, and I think it was uh, it was the guy who almost died on the field was who was doing the play, and then uh, uh, Kansas City's going in for the for the kill shot at the end, running for the touchdown, and they fumble it out of the back of the end zone just by inches with his 
tush off the turf. Uh, what a sequence there. I couldn't believe it that they, you know, they, they, the self-inflicted wound. I mean, I, I just looked away and I thought instant, you know, for a second about a, uh, uh, fake punt and I just dismissed. I was looking down at my phone to look up. Oh my God, they did. And they blew it. I mean, that would have been bad. You, you won't, you won't talk about that now because they got out of it, but Oh my God, what a, what yeah, a I mean, this is a great, it was a great game. And, you know, um, it's, Someone who grew up in Cleveland watching the uh, John Elway, you know, stick a finger in your eye every other year, like three out of four years. You know, Buffalo's got to be like, man, you know, Mahomes just, you know, how, how, was it four last five years or whatever it is, yep. of, of like season ending with Mahomes and 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 his his bunch. You know, it's uh, but it it's whenever Josh Allen does get there because he will get there. Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, sort of like when Peyton would get past. Um, Tom Brady, you know, in that one snow uh, AFC championship game where he got in a, they had a great high scoring game and he actually, you know, Peyton Manning beat Tom Brady and they right. went to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's coming. I mean, he's too good. Now, you know, his, his regular season, I mean, there's a lot of turnovers as well, but uh, man, this good that he, Mahomes, um, you know, those guys, if you don't have a quarterback, you know, to, you know, to bring along, uh, you got to have the offensive line too. And right. uh, we we're talking about, you know, you got to protect them. I think the NFC, you look at two great offensive lines and the reason those guys don't get sacked on the AFC, it's just, uh, first of all, you know, this is, this might be one of the first quarterback, Josh Allen might be one of the first quarterbacks where you're like, you're not worried about him getting hurt when he takes off. You're worried about someone else getting hurt. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes always, the, the way he runs, he looks like a, like a uh, an accountant trying to catch a train or something, but he no one catches him. Right, no one catches him. It's like he's got a briefcase and he's just you know, running like this. Yes. And, why can't you tackle this guy? And they can't get to him. So uh, he's he's. It's just it's really good to be watching these guys and watching them, and knowing that they still got a lot of years to play. It's nice having that rivalry. Do you make anything of the fact that our old buddy uh, Stefan Diggsy didn't want to talk to reporters after the game? I don't make anything out of it. You know, he's a, he's a child. <laughs> he, he is. is. He's a, he has a mentality of a child. I hope he's not blaming this one on Josh Allen because. Uh, no, he won't get away with that one. No, not, not after this game. That was, that was quite impressive. Got to go back to the, uh, to the Packers a little bit there. You know, uh, we skipped right over that. The Packers got beat. They're not going to the NFC okay. title game. How about that, Mark? You know. And I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just pleased that the Packers going, you know, along. I mean, I'd be a little concerned because uh, they did not get, uh, they didn't get physically manhandled in that game. But you know. no, they're a good team. They're a good team, and they have a good quarterback. And uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Aaron Jones was on fresh legs because he had spent a lot of time out this year. He looked great. Uh, their defense started playing again. Um, they should have won that game. That was their game. And and uh, uh, now I, I got to give it to Jordan Love for all the praise he's gotten, and deservedly so. He did throw one across his body at the end to end it with an interception. Boy, did that bring he, back some memories, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, he channeled his inner Brett Favre there. And yeah. that, I've, I've, you know, the, the uh, NFC Championship game against the, uh, I don't know if it was quite across the, yeah, but that was a Brett, that was a Brett Favre throw. And, What's amazing is that this, he had gone um, – he had 23 touchdown passes and one interception going back 
I think nine games, nine or ten games. I mean, he really turned it around. Whenever the Vikings went there, you know, lost in the fact that Kirk was hurt was what the what that defense did to Jordan Love at Lambeau. I mean, it just rendered rendered him like uh, incompetent. Um, but after that, he turned it on and really came along. And I will forever now, I, I at least for a couple of years here, when anybody's like two and five or, or in that ballpark, I, the Packers were two and five. And now they didn't have a reason to tank because they had their their quarterback. But there might be people that say, "Oh, I got to tank and get rid of this guy," and then for a first round pick they, for, to make it a quarterback. Um, you know, they just kept plugging along, and they they snuck in, and then had a great game in Dallas that you know floored everybody. Uh, yeah. I wasn't the only guy that blew that Cowboys pick, uh, so I, <laughs> I want people to know that. Um, um, you know, for all the and, uh, go ahead. So yeah, to me it's like uh, that two and five. You keep going in, and uh, yeah, the, the Vikings could very well have been that team to get into the seventh spot. I don't yep. think they would have done what they did. They would have gone to Dallas and won. But no, no, uh, they, they were trending down at the end of the year, and they didn't have a quarterback to do that. All the praise that he has justifiably received, Jordan Love in the second half of the year, and and going forward, will I? I just want to get on record. I think there, I, I. There may be one fly in his ointment. I mean, he's he's making all the passes. He's making all the reads. He's doing quite well. I don't know. Nah, nah, maybe you could say this about any quarterback. I don't think he's that – if there's anything that I could criticize him for, he's not that accurate on long passes, and he struggles a little bit with that. I'm sure that's something that he will pick up. But uh, yeah. seen, I've seen him throughout the year. He's he's just not quite as accurate. And I think, I think his coach – maybe puts him in position to get the ball out quickly and to, and to do shorter passes. He's great. He's got great touch and great accuracy, but I, I've noticed that, and I'm hoping that's <laughs> a bug in his game for going forward. Yeah, he he, he throws a lot of them that, um, that uh, as Chili used to, Brad Childers used to say, uh, you know, long foul balls. Uh, that, you know, it's, yeah, that is a, is a, a big weakness in his game. And, um yeah, Vikings fan probably be happy with that going forward if he doesn't improve on that one. Exactly. Um, the Lions uh, beat the Bucks, and that's a game that could have gone either way. And that's the the one game we differed on in our predictions. And you went first. Part, yes, I did. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, you, and you get to go first this time uh, uh, if you want. But uh, the Lions are uh, for real. And it's, you know, after watching that game, you've got to uh, certainly consider him going out to San Francisco this weekend, but yeah. go ahead. If you want to talk about that game or you want to go ahead and make your predictions. Yeah. I mean, the, the buck, the bucks and, and, you know, Baker Mayfield's that, that last throw was, uh, and I don't, I still don't get, and it didn't come into play, but the going for two, I, I would rather kick two, two uh, extra points than I would to go Go for the two. If you miss it, you can still go for it again later. I, I didn't buy. I don't buy that argument. But I'm not the target audience anymore. Uh, but you know, Baker Mayfield, when it was fourth and fourteen, and he makes that completion, they go down and they score, and they extended that game. I thought, you know, that that made that game. Uh, even though even though I did want the Lions to win, I picked the Bucks. Didn't really believe it. Um, they could have won. Yeah, you know, they definitely could have won. Uh, you know, I just felt like. Um, the Lions, boy, that that atmosphere was something. And I figured, you know, and J- Aiden Hutchinson has now had like eight sacks in the last four games. I figured that they would get after Baker Mayfield. 
the amazing thing, and I think that uh, Collinsworth talked a lot about it, was how they just didn't protect the edges, and, and you know, guys would blitz off the edge, and or Hutchinson would come off of the edge unblocked uh, a couple times and get sacks. I, what were they thinking? I don't know, but yeah. uh, you know, with that atmosphere in the Lions' pass rush, uh, I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was good to see Detroit get some good news once in a while. Absolutely. So uh, we got the final four. We have the uh, uh, Chiefs going to Baltimore to play the Ravens and the Lions going to San Francisco to play uh, the 49ers, the two number one seeds hosting. I, uh, Chiefs, what were they? Are they they're like the third seed, something like that? Or maybe, no, were they a wild card team there? A wild card? No, no, the Chiefs were the, the, uh, the three seed. The three seed. So we got three against a one and a two against a one, right? Buffalo was Buffalo was the two. Oh yeah, and the Cowboys were two, so two, three against one. So I'll let you go first since I I grabbed up a game lead on you in well, our postseason prediction. Mine will be Joe. Will be so boring. They'll think it's Joe Oberly making the pick. I'm going with the the two home teams, the one seeds. I uh, I would love to see Detroit go out there and win, and it, they could very well do it. I just can't see them doing it on the road. Um, but it could happen. Uh, I think that that uh, San Francisco's offensive line kind of holds that holds them off well enough for them to get McCaffrey going. And, and if Debo Samuel doesn't play, that's a big advantage for that's a huge advantage for Detroit. I don't know where we stand on Debo Samuel, right. uh, but I'm still going to go with with San Francisco. And then uh, as much as and I would not I would not be surprised at all if Patrick Mahomes works his magic and we're seeing Taylor Swift dancing around, but I just feel like, man, Baltimore is such a hard place to win. And uh, Lamar Jackson is playing as well as he can play. Now he, he could, he could definitely choke while Mahomes does it, but I'm still going to go with uh, the two home teams. Well, uh, my mama never raised such a fool as to, to uh, uh, go, go and do this. I, I do make him the same mistake twice in the regular season. I went and picked against my thoughts just to make it interesting. Well, well, I'm, not gonna, I'm taking those two home I teams. I you out in week 17. <laughs> I know. That's when I made my mistake. So uh, I'm going to uh, uh, pick those home teams too. I really think they're going to win. I mean, last, last week the uh, – the uh, rain uh, neutered that uh, game for the for the uh, uh, 49ers. So I thought they might even have beat them by more had the had it been a you know not such a sloppy track because there was a lot of players falling down and drop balls. So I think they'll be back on their game and I think they'll beat the Lions. Um, I think uh, the you know my my team to at the beginning of this playoffs was the was the Ravens so I'm sticking with them so we're gonna have to go down to the final game to see who 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 takes this thing so uh the postseason you mean the regular season was decided long ago okay uh postseason yes whatever you want to call it so uh there'll be no blood this week that's okay that's okay anyway that's all we got this week for the Vikings territory breakdown podcast thanks for joining us thanks Mark thanks uh Mike behind the scenes thanks Joe and thanks everybody once again for for tuning in we'll be back next week to talk about these next two uh conference championships and seeing who's going to the super bowl and we'll talk about vikings news then so please come on back check us out and uh until then skull <laughs>